Hello and welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Diminutive Collection. Christian, good morning. Good morning, Kieran. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine and dandy. Although if I'm truly honest, I'm feeling a little bit tired as usual. <laughs> so if you hear me slurping on a drink, it's because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to loosen up my mouth so that I can speak clearly about Kylie Minogue. Yes, exactly. Well, we did have a few Kylie Proseccos last night, didn't we? Um, went over to your place and just had a bit of a chat and some kind of Prosecco, as we always do. We, we do. You know what? I'm not sure if I like it. No. I'm not sure if I like it. We, we had the two. We had the pink one and the normal Prosecco. The pink rosé Prosecco, right? Which one yeah. did you like? If I'm, I'm not sure if I liked it either. I would, the one thing I would just say is they just, they're a little bit thin. Okay. There's, no, there's no body to them. Well, see, I don't really drink Prosecco other than Carly, so I wouldn't know. I have no means of comparison. Oh, I see. I really don't like Prosecco. Mm-hmm. Gives me massive hangovers. I feel all right today, though. See, that's what I'm saying. Kylie Prosecco is thin. Probably good for hangovers. Probably no alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what the word is out and what Kylie's been up to. Um, this week, you did something very exciting that I have been criticised for not, not uh, going to because people have questioned whether I'm a, a real Kylie fan for, for turning down your lovely offer to go and see her do that global thing. It was it was quite amazing. It was so it was interesting because I brought my we brought my friend Hannah um, along with me, and um, I was like, she was like, "Yeah, I'll go." And it was yeah, very strange because we got there about six thirty ish, and there was already a massive line of gays and about two girls, and <laughs> you could just see the bottles of Kylie wine. That so like apparently there was a group of guys. I think one of them was called Graham, who had been there since two p.m. lining oh, up. God. And so, they basically were hammered, um, which was incredible. And then we just waited for ages. Then we had to get wristbands so to show our kind of passes, get these wristbands. Uh, then we had to line up again. Oh, my God. And then we had to then go check our phones in because we weren't allowed phones. Then we had to go back into the line again. And finally, we ended up going up in groups into the elevators and up to the Sky Garden. And once there, it was kind of like the stage was set up on the far left-hand side, beautiful kind of view and everything. And then we're just kind of waiting there. And then the band came on and did a kind of a sound lighting rehearsal with a stand-in Kylie with this um, uh, a Chinese woman who was doing Kylie's movements about <laughs> Kylie's height and all this kind of stuff. Then they did Dance Floor Darling as the, um, the, the kind of test. And then, yeah, it, we waited for a little bit longer. And then she kind of, we thought she would appear from the stairs leading down behind her because behind the stage there was like a, a staircase that went up to the top level so we thought she was going to ascend from there but she just walked straight past us and up oh. onto the stage because there was only about around 120 people or even less about 100 people um up in that in, the, in that place with us did everyone and get in does that have interest you said there's a very long queue so did everyone get everyone in everyone got in anyone who didn't have a pass wouldn't because you had to have you know show your pass and your covid yeah passport but, but- and all this stuff it wasn't one of those things where you get to a certain point of the queue and it's like oversubscribed. Well, they did tell you that to, to turn up at a certain time because they uh, oversubscribed tickets. But I think everyone got in as far oh, as I'm aware. But um, yeah, we were like, I have, my, my wristband was 50. Um, so wow. yeah. And she, she just came on and she was like so amazing. She looked radiant, beautiful. Mm-hmm. She sort of said that she hadn't worn heels for, for quite a long time and her feet were getting sore. And then um, the first song she did was Can't Get You Out of My Head. And she did that twice, I believe. To tw- yeah, twice. And then she was like, how, how, how should I start the song? And she was like doing these hand movements. Then we were like, and she basically, we all agreed that she should start it with the hands on the hips. And um, yeah, it was, she was just, I've never seen her so relaxed in an environment like that. Because normally Ooh. she's very much, you know, on stage and professional stuff. But it was, she was like, you know, talking to the audience, like, one guy said that he'd seen her 136 times and she was like, oh, my God, do you not work? <laughs> and, and then, oh, and then the, we were like, oh, yeah, and she's like, I'll oh, probably have to work to pay for my shows kind of thing. And she, we all <laughs> laughed. Um, but she was just so amazing. She was just, Ooh. it was a good. And then she then went to a costume change, then came on and did Dance Floor Darling, which they did, which she did three times. And I could tell, probably see at the end, she'd get a little bit annoyed if she would have had to do it again. And That's what I was that, having to listen to that song. <laughs> and the one that they showed on Global Citizen was the last um, version that she did, the last take, because she interacted with the guy on the keyboard, and that was the last, the last one. Um, oh. it was, then after that, like she said thanks and just walked and she stopped and chatted to a few of us, and then 
kind of went away. Like it was just a small kind of, we, we were there. I didn't leave until about quarter to 11. So from 6.30 to quarter to 11, it was quite a long time. It was a dry event. There was no booze. Um, There's no oh. food. So I had to go to Tesco's in the line to get kind of like some tinnies that Hannah and I would drink <laughs> in the line. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was good to see her that up close in such a kind of an intimate environment. You think she chose the right songs? I think so. I, I, she said about can't get you out of my head that, oh, did you guys know it's 20 years this year? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> like every single person in this room is a Kylie fan who would know that that's yes. an anniversary. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think she did. I, I would have liked to have heard a different song other than can't get you out of my head. But I love Danceful Darling. That was such an, a great song um, and great to see live. I did see in the corner of my eye, Steve Anderson was there and I was going to run up and chat to him. But by the time it all finished, I was looking for him. He, he went off with Kylie. I probably saw you spying him and thought, God, I better get out of here before <laughs> that one gets me. <laughs> oh, how excited. You know, I, I wish I'd gone because I would have loved to have seen Kylie up close and personal to that person who uh, sent the message saying I was not a real fan. I am. I just don't like going to those events because as you've just explained, I hate having to wait around for hours on end mm. and I hate filming processes because I find them quite quite tedious to uh, be involved with. I prefer to watch uh, watch the performance back and I enjoy the performance, to be it's honest. Just, even, yeah. though I, even though I'm not a massive fan of Dance Floor Darling, it's quite lively. Um, I'm not sure if it would have won over any new fans if you were watching it for the first time and you thought, oh, I must get that album because maybe it's not the best the best album. I would have done this a thing, to be honest. I would have done this a thing. Yeah. But it's um, it was it was really good. She was very lively. I really enjoyed the outfits, and I love the backdrop. It just looked it looked amazing, and uh, you could tell it was a very intimate affair. So I, I did mm. pangs of jealousy for for a moment because I thought, God, it's so close. You could probably smell her. Yeah, my friend Hannah, who who hasn't seen her before, was like, Oh my God, she's the smallest person I've ever seen. She's never seen her before. Well, she's never seen Kylie in her life. But she's known me for many many years. She has known me for many years. I was supposed to go with her to a show in Sydney, but then Kylie got cancer um, and, and cancelled. So um, yeah, this is the first time we went together and the first time wow. um, Hannah ever saw us. So it was pretty pretty special. Um, but other news, Christian. Oh yeah, what else? I oh, think well, Infinite Disco is gonna get a DVD well, release. That's very good news, isn't it? Because I think there's lots of things happening now. I think this, where are we now? We're in, the, we're in October now. Mm -hmm. And I think this is gonna be the, uh, the, the slide down to the whole, um, slew of things that Kylie's going to be putting out. So yes, the Intimate Disco looks like it's coming out as a DVD and Blu-ray. So um, I can't wait to see this because um, we wanted it for so long. But from looking at some of the notes I saw on the uh, information, it looks like it's just the hour long. So I don't know, there'll be nothing new in there, will there? No, I don't think there's, no, I hope, well, we don't know, but I'm hoping there's some behind the scenes, yeah, there might you be know, some featurettes or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But no, it'll just be uh, the, the show. I'm not sure if there's going to be anything extra. I was, I was kind of hoping that, I mean, obviously this has always been in mind that you'd have a, a release at some point. But I always think to myself, now, if I'm charging people money to watch this live, a live stream, and at some point I'm going to put this out as a DVD or a Blu-ray, you might film an extra song or two just to keep in the bank and then have it as something special to make it, you know, something a bit more exciting to buy. I mean, mm. the thing is, we all loved it so much. We all want to have, we all want to own it. So, I mean, I'm quite happy to, to buy it. But it would be nice to have something different. But as you say, I'm sure there's going to be loads of featurettes. I'm sure we'll be having Kylie guiding us around backstage. I think I saw some behind the scenes at the time. So I'm sure they'll, it'll all be there for us all to mm. watch. I'm very yeah. excited. I think it's such an exciting move. I, I can't wait. And it's just, you know, it's a perfect thing for Christmas as well. So um, I, I hope they release it on Blu-ray or high definition mm. um, because they didn't do that for the Golden Tour. It was just released on DVD. So which a few fans were kind of a, a little bit annoyed at. And yeah, hopefully there's a high, you know, high definition experience. I mean, Golden came out with the album, didn't it? It was part of an album set. There's so a live we, album set. Do you, think, do you think we'll get that with this upcoming repackaging of Disco? Maybe it's going to be like that. I mean, it would make perfect sense. And if you're repackaging Disco and you've got a few new songs on it, then it'd be great also to have that amazing show she does. So it would, I would be happy if it was like that again, to be honest. Yeah, like um, when you're talking, it just made me think of Bette Midler because um, I bought a CD of Bette Midler's Greatest Hits and it came with the Divine Miss M tour. So hopefully she, she does that. So, yeah. Well, I think it's like, you get a whole bundle of joy then, don't you? There's everything that you could ever want. Mm. Anyway, I think there's also, a, there's rumours, Christian, of a duet, right? As we get closer to Christmas and we get closer to this 
goddamn release there's little uh, tidbits of gossip uh, circulating across the internet and apparently there's going to be uh, we have to wait for maybe another couple of weeks and then we should be expecting the first offerings from this new repackaged disco and the rumor is it's a collaboration and the strong rumor is it's jesse ware now i was looking through some of the forums and i could see that some of the people were kind of very excited obviously that we're getting some new music but then some people were kind of saying, well, if Dua Lipa's duet with Kylie didn't exactly burn up the charts, what's the likelihood that Jessie Ware will? And I'm going to say my thing that I always say about Kylie and her duets. Jessie Ware may have won all the awards this year, but she's a bit last year now, isn't she? Do you think, well, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 she's very, well, she's That's very totally. popular. She's very yeah, but, popular. But you know what? The minute you, you win awards, you reach the peak and then it's all sliding downhill. She needs to look for the next big thing or a living legend. Do a duet with Cher, not with Jesse Ware. Although they do rhyme. <laughs> Cher and Kylie would be, you know what? I don't, I don't want Kylie to do Madonna. I don't want Kylie to do Ariana Grande. I want Kylie to duet with legends like Cher or uh, who else is alive? Bit Middler. Oh, no, 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 no. It'd be some awful ballad. Um, <laughs> no, but, I would love her to do something with Cher. Can you imagine that lovely duet with Cher? I would like Kylie to do something with Skepta or something with Tion Wayne. Oh, please, will you stop talking there? No, but literally, because I think she needs to be opened up to a new audience. I want her to do something groundbreaking. She's never going to go down with that crew. Well, no, it it just opens up to more mainstream audiences. I I would love her to do something completely and utterly different with with a duet that we wouldn't even have thought of. I think that's more exciting than a share or anyone like that, in my I'm opinion. I think she's a nostalgia act, and people who like Kylie don't want to hear her do anything with Skepta. Anyway, let's look at back, step back in time because we have a lot to talk about this week. Because oh, literally, no, there's yeah. been so many anniversaries yeah. in the Kylie Anals. So, Christian, on the 25th of September 2000, your favorite Kylie album was born into the world Light Years. Oh my God, of course it was. It feels just like yesterday. I mean, I still, well, to be honest, I was only playing it yesterday. Um, I got, you know what? Time has flown by so quickly because it really does feel like yesterday. I remember the excitement I felt when I got hold of the album and I played it because I was so happy with it because it was such a, a shift from, you know, that album, Impossible Princess, that I thought, oh, thank God for that. We're back to normal again. We're back on the proper on the proper Kylie path. Mm. I remember just listening to it and I was, it was like being slapped across the face. Every, every song that came on, it was like slap. Oh my God, slap. It just woke, every song woke me up because every song was great until I got to kids, of course. And the ones that stood out for me, obviously you're just going to you, but the ones that really stood out, stood out for me were So Now Goodbye and also uh, Disco Down. And I really loved Light Years. The songs that didn't excite me at that time was Kukachu, which, to be honest, I keep forgetting is on the album. <laughs> um, and obviously I didn't like kids, but I, as, as I said, Bittersweet Goodbye took a while for me to get used to. I actually really like Please Stay. I kind of lost a bit of interest no. in Please Stay when it came out as the single, but I liked Shouldn't it as an album track. Shouldn't have been the single. No. See, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm still not, I, I, I don't want to say I don't like the album, it's probably one that I still don't listen to as often as the others. Mm. It's probably on my like, lowest top five of Kylie's albums. I just think, as we've spoken it's before, I just think it's a little bit too camp for me. I, I, I didn't. I don't think I still appreciate the kitschness of it, and hopefully that will come in time. But um, let, let's talk a little bit of facts about the album. So. Kylie returned to what she knew best, the dance floor bangers, when when this album was released. Signing to Parlophone after the deconstruction years was quite an easy process for Kylie. There wasn't any kind of bargaining acquisition. She just kind of of walked in and they started to rebrand her. The strategy was to treat Kylie like the superstar and and the rest will follow, basically. And this is the first Kylie album where it's just Kylie. She dropped the last name. It seemed like a lifetime ago um, that this album came out after Impossible Princess. And, you know, there was a whole new generation of music lovers out there that were that were kind of not familiar with her kind of really pop past days. Mm. And you could also, after, you know, we know that Kylie wrote Impossible Princess, but Kylie also co-wrote 15 of the 10 songs on this album and worked with Steve Anderson again, Guy Chambers and, and, and Robbie Williams. And I don't know, it's... it's I, 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 I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I don't love this album because stylistically, the, the cover, 
The yeah, cover is amazing. The cover looks so great. And she worked with Vincent Peters and it was shot in Ibiza with the sunset. Um, William Baker said about the look, you know, he wanted a statement about Kylie reclaiming the throne of Princess of Pop. Um, I just don't know. I, I, like, even like after our chat last week, I sat down and I watched the On a Night Like This Sydney tour. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. I just, I, it doesn't, the, the kitschness, I think, repels me slightly. You see, I think you've lost your mind. Do you think? Yes, because it's a great album. It's a great pop album. It's, I think it's possibly Kylie's, I think it is Kylie's best there, album. There's some good moments in there. I'm not going to lie. There's like, on a night like this, there's some great moments. I love Bittersweet Goodbye. I think that song is beautiful. What are the songs that you think are too kitsch? Kukachu. Yeah. Um, love Boat. Uh, um, but I, maybe maybe I'm that camp that I couldn't tell the kitsch because to me it was just like it sounded absolutely normal to me. Mm-hmm. It's the only one where there's any personality. This is what I've said before. The album has more personality, more humour uh, than anything she's ever done, and that's when Kylie's at her best. I think from Fever onwards, she became very po-faced, and it just became a little bit. See, that's, I think Fever was a much better album, but we can discuss oh, about that soon. Hold on. But the songs can... are terrible. Aside from singles. <laughs> Aside from More, 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 I reckon the songs are a little bit better than this. Well, there's a load of songs on there that aren't very good. Dance Floor is awful. It's like an S Club 7 song, which I'm surprised, I think probably is because. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that soon because that's also one another um, anniversary. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but like years. Albums, when you compare the two albums, there's no competition because I think Light Years is consistently good all the way through. And even, you know, as much as I don't like kids, it's a great song for people who like that kind of music. But oh, I don't know. I think you're wrong. I, I don't really understand who you are. <laughs> I agree with you that Please Stay should never have been a single. I would have liked the single to be I'm So High instead of Please Stay, I think. You see, there's so many gems to choose from because that's another great song, which is mm. you know, kind of a Xanadu backing track. Uh, I don't think it should have been a single. I think it should have been Disco Down or... Uh, so now goodbye. Uh, this is just so, and then, don't forget the secret track password. Password, which I loved as well. I mean, oh, oh, we're spoiled for choice. She spoiled us with that album, and then <sighs> she was really stingy on the next few because she only put a few good songs on them. This one had everything on it that was good. And I think I mentioned this about spinning around before, but I, I kind of think it's cheap. The backing seems cheap. Well, well, I have to admit, when I first heard it, when I was on Say Hey at the time. And we'd heard it a few months before, hadn't we? It was in, was it in 1999 we heard it for the first time? And I remember not liking it very much. I, I was kind of poo-pooing it a, a little bit. And I was getting criticised and told off by all the fanogues. Well, they weren't fanogues then. They were just ugh, awful people. Um, but they were having a go at me for, for not liking it. Because I, I, for some reason, it didn't... There's something about it that didn't sound Kylie. And weirdly, I would say... I mean, I, I love the song now. And I actually loved it by the time it came out. I thought it was an amazing song. But it's the one that sounds more American than all the others, I think. It's got an American soundtrack, which is probably because of the Paul Abdul connection. But um, but when you compare it to the other songs on the album, it's the one that's slightly different to the others, I think. But, I mean, it's still a br- brilliant track. The album went to number two, becoming Kylie's first top three album in the UK since Enjoy Yourself, <laughs> reached number one in 1989. Madonna's music stopped it from hitting the oh. top spot back in 2000. Really? The album was Kylie's first number one album back home in Australia. Can't believe that. The Australians knew what they were talking about. <laughs> um, one over here, though. It was a shame, isn't it? What a shame. Yeah. But Madonna's music album was quite good as well. So it was two I iconic albums like up against each other. I know what I like listening to more because music for me was a dirge. There's four good songs on it. The rest of it, I can't tell you any of the other songs. So Emily, who has never really been a fan of Kylie at that time, said the pine-sized princess has a return to what she knows best. So let's move on to another anniversary that happened this week. Get Out of My Way was released on the 27th of September. Oh, my God. This went to number 12 in the UK and a pitiful, pitiful 69 in Australia. So shockingly, this was her most least successful release to date in Australia. I don't know why Australian was. What were you thinking? I would, you know, I think if it was released, and I said this before, if it was released ahead of All the Lovers, it would have done much better in the charts. It's such a shame. This song is great. It's probably, you know, it's going to it's gonna end up being one of Kylie's most iconic songs, I think, because it's such fun. It's sexy. It's, it's, 
I don't know. It's it's amazing. It's it's Kylie. It's 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 one of the one. I just I want people to hear this song more. No, I love this song. It's it's one of her better ones. In fact, I think it's one of the standouts on Aphrodite because I think again that's another album that's kind of patchworked with five good songs and the rest were a little bit not quite as good. But um, yeah, it's such a it's a, like a bullet of a song, isn't it? It's just got a great melody. It's got so much so much power. It's so impactful. Um, and, you know, you just kind of want to do kind of like shoot people away with your hand when, when you're singing along to the song. <laughs> it's, such a, it's, it's such a good song. It's a great title as well, because it's one of those that, you know, it's an everyday phrase. So it's one of those songs that if you hear somebody say something and get out of my way, then you immediately think of Kylie. Perform, I remember when I saw it perform for the first time, I think it was on Alan Carr, and I mentioned this before in previous episodes. She did a much more um, old school uh, dance routine that I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the video. I loved the outfit in the video. I loved the hair in the video, but the video was a little bit William Baker-esque. I don't know if, it, I don't know if he was around at that point, but it was just her lying on the floor with a bunch of chairs. And I just thought, oh God, I don't like all that silly artsy fartsy stuff. I like good old fashioned dance routines when she's just letting herself go. And when she did the Alan Carr performance, it was a proper old school 1980s dance routine. She used her hands, she used her arms, she moved her legs. I've never seen, never seen her legs. She was like a gymnast. <laughs> I think William was around during the Aphrodite era. So well, I would expect so, because those chairs were just nonsensical. But she does look amazing in the video. Mm, she looked great. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's an absolute shame it didn't perform well enough in Australia, but it's an absolute banger and still probably up there as one of my favourite Collie songs of all time. Now, let's debate about Fever because Fever was released on the 1st of October 2001. So just a little over 12 months uh, from the release of Light Years, she returns to the dance floor in a kind of an electro-minimalistic kind of way. Um, And you've said this before, Christian, this is the moment where we we fans lost Kylie, but I think it was the moment that, Everyone got to experience Kylie because obviously this went to number one all over the world. She exploded. It went like a juggernaut um, into the stratosphere. And it, I don't know, I just felt an immense amount, amount of pride um, that the rest of the world could now, well, we're in on our little secret that we knew, you know, since 1988. Mm. Um, so I, 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 I like, I, no, I don't like, I love this album, except for a few tracks on there. Mm. Well, I can see you going red. <laughs> yes, I've got steam coming out of my ears. Um, no, I agree with you. There was an element of pride that we felt because we were, the world had finally discovered and respected the artist we had always liked. And, for, you know, for years we'd been ridiculed and, and abused for liking Kylie, saying, oh, she's rubbish, she's this, she's that. And then all of a sudden, just because of one song, she's now considered the greatest artist of all time. Um I, I I really did like the song because it is so special and so different. Can't get you out of my head. Yes, sorry, yeah, the lead single. Uh, it was an amazing song. Um, but as I, I always say, it's one of those songs that it kind of really set her then on a certain path, which I think was a little bit destructive because she became a little bit monotonous in terms of her electro pop. But as a whole, the album, I thought, but again, I loved Lightyear so much. I expected to be wowed in the same way. And for me, there weren't enough good songs on this album. I loved uh, Fever, the title track. Which oh I my God, it should have been a song. single. Yeah, should have been a single. It should have been, instead of Coming to My World, which I thought was an awful song. No. It's not a great song. I disagree. It's not, I disagree. It's, not the song, it's not the song I wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear that one. In Your Eyes is a great underrated song, which we I think we all forget a little bit. Because everyone goes to Love at First Sight, which is also a great song. Which also won her the Grammy, the yeah. very first and only Grammy. But those two songs are brilliant. In Your Eyes, I think, is one of Kylie's best songs ever. And I I love hearing it. When I, when I hear it come on, I just think, oh, my God, I always forget that song. And then it, it washes over me and I just love it. But in terms of the rest of the album, I mean, there's nothing on it that's really that exciting. And I, I love the tour as well because, I, you know, I think that was... I, rem- oh, I didn't go and see it because I, I she only toured, I think, in Sydney and I was living up in North Queensland at the time. So I never actually saw the show live. And I know you didn't actually see it, Christian, oh. but the, I loved watching it on, I had it on VHS at home and I thought it was just incredible. I loved every moment of it. I loved the <laughs> movements. I loved the stylisticness of it. I loved the minimalistic oh. of it. I just, I thought it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was such a departure. Because I think before then, the only tour I saw of Kylie's was the, 
Kylie in Japan. Oh my god! So <laughs> like, yeah, it was. Oh no, it would have. I lie. It would have been the Impossible Princess. So yeah. seeing the um, intimate live show and seeing this, you know, a couple of years later, which is totally mind blown. Like it was incredible. I loved it. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you completely. I think we're going to fall out on this episode. <laughs> we're really um, not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> that fever tour was the beginning of the end for me. I mean, I think this whole period of time, this fever period, is when Kylie might as well have just not turned up. She might have, might as well have been an ABBA uh, hologram because, as I said, the album had no personality, no character. It didn't really have any... There's no, there no meat to it. It sounded very tinny and electronic and almost like her voice... For me, it was like her voice was used, but she wasn't really in the studio at the time, if you know what I mean. And then the the, the, the tour, I didn't go and see, and I don't know why I didn't go and see, because I'd seen every other show. But I'm glad I didn't, because when I watched it back, it just looked, Kylie wasn't there either. You know, she was in all that metal stuff at the beginning. I, I didn't really like the way the songs were rearranged. She didn't seem like she was there. She didn't look like she was enjoying it either, I don't think facially well she had no facial expression it was such a cold experience and i found i find it very difficult to watch i don't enjoy it it's one of the worst tours i think she's ever done no absolutely it's all technical it's all big screens but there's no superstar there i think it was more of um uh an exercise for another person to to shine and she was just a pawn in that person's game. And you mean I, that person is William Baker? I remember watching the behind the scenes stuff and him and that director were going on about how they were doing this, this, this and this. And it was all about stuff that he wants and all the Doctor Who references and all that kind of stuff. That isn't Kylie, it's him. So in a way, it was like he was playing with his own doll. And I think that's why we lost Kylie on this one, because it had nothing to do with Kylie. It wasn't a Kylie tour. It was a William Baker tour. I, I appreciate what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with it all because when you look at the album, it is this, as I said, electro-minimalistic um, element of it and bringing that to life on stage, you had to have a little bit of that kind of coldness and, and you know, that kind of sparks, I don't, I don't know how to articulate it, but I think you needed that, that show for this album, I think. She, she, could, she couldn't have come on down a, an anchor with these kind of songs and pranced around in a floral shirt like she did in the other tour. She had to have this kind of, the the, this, the spark movements and the the kind of Doctor Who, like the roboticness of it works well with the content yeah, and, and the whole kind of creative yeah. sphere of the show. There was no heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's other bits in it where there were just the screens came down at some point. Didn't Is it just a mouth that was just kind of, singing was it just close to a mouth on a mouth for me you know i'm gonna actually watch it back at some point in the next couple of days next week i'll i'll re-review it but this is my, my initial impression from years ago so maybe i've still got a bit of a, a chip on my shoulder so when i look back at it i might actually re-appreciate it re-appreciate it i might appreciate it again i think she sounded the best she's ever sung or sounded on this tour um you know there's amazing moments like the crying game and i think you know she sounded great, and there's some really great documentaries on on that DVD as well. Mm. So make sure you check that out. Well, I did, but that's where I heard all that that garbage come out of those people's mouths, where they were talking about the the show as if it was art and not a pop show. And I can't it, bring... well, can it be both? Because music is a, is an art expression of art itself. So no, no, I know that. I know, but the thing is, she's a pop star, and it felt for me, it felt like it was. It was a playground for others to to have fun in, and not necessarily thinking about what the whole product was for. And you know, it felt like let's create this amazing show, or and then we'll put Kylie into it later. That's how it felt for me because it felt like it was didn't really it wasn't set around her, and didn't have all those pretentious chapter titles. Yeah, it did. She there was five sections. Yeah, looking back, it's quite cringy. I think it's a really cringy. Uh, it feels like you know, art student type um show and i bet she wouldn't do something like that now i think she mm. would she probably probably looks back at that and thinks because that was my 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 pretentious art student period it's interesting because i think you know even though you didn't like the kind of beginning and all that stuff beyonce identically copied the beginning of kylie's fever show, tour in one of her shows so where she came to life and like the, the pieces of metal came off her like that beyonce copied that in in one yeah. of her other shows well, i'm not saying that that's a bad thing it's a great opener but then I didn't, didn't want to see that for the next two hours. I, I saw Kylie do that with her hand, that twisty wrist thing, just 
that irritated me so much. This thing where she doesn't move. I mean, it was like, it was like she had a hernia or something. And she wasn't able to move because she had pain every every time she took a step. It was, it was for me, it was the coldest, blandest tour. Okay, we will agree to disagree on that one. Let's let's now move to our Fanog. This week's Carly Fanog is the lovely Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together. Tom! Hello, folks. Hello. Welcome. This is very surreal. After a year and a half of listening to your voices in lockdowns. Oh, God, you poor thing. Lockdowns. <laughs> it's very strange, but very exciting. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're so, so happy to have you on. So take us back. How did you discover the joys of Lamanog? I, I think I have my mum to thank for that. Um, Parenting done right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get, I mean, I was born in 92. So my influential years of music were early 2000s, light years, fever, going to school, hearing my mum singing them, trying to sing them at the top of her voice. <laughs> I guess it all in, it infiltrated my future gay man's brain and, it started from there, really. Um, was there a song that made your ears prick up and think, oh, my God, this, this singer is amazing? I think I, I distinctly remember Love at First Sight standing out. Oh, right. mm. And this is before I was really into my music, but I just I guess I just heard songs that I liked and mm. saw my mum enjoying them. Um, <laughs> and those kind of songs happened. I remember spinning around, of course, on a night like this, all of those songs being on the radio and hearing people sing to them. But... Um, yeah, it wasn't really till I, obviously I knew, of course I knew who Kylie was, but it wasn't until I moved to London in 2010. Um, and I remember Aphrodite had dropped a week or so before I moved. And I, I, I think I, it was then when I appreciated that all of these songs were by the same person. I knew they were, but I hadn't really mm. taken stock yeah. of it. It was all this one person. And I then went back and did my history. When I should have been out socialising with people in Freshers Week, I was like, oh, have you heard this Kylie song? Oh, I think she's got... Oh, my God, amazing. So, um, yes, I got the reputation as a Kylie fan. So you said your mum was a fan. Did your mum own any of the older albums so you didn't have to go and purchase them again? Or did you go and buy them? Do you know, I'm sure she does. Both her and my dad have got... um, a huge collection of vinyls and cassettes. So I'm sure there's one kicking about there somewhere, but um, they moved down to Cornwall a couple of years ago and they're all in storage, but I, I should go and have a look through and see what's in there. You really could uh, find some gems. I mean, had your mum been a Kylie fan to the point where she'd gone to see her live? No, sadly oh. not, no. Um, I've tried to drag her a few times since I, when <laughs> I'm lucky enough to go, but um, I'm sure she would love to. So when you discovered her during the, this kind of Aphrodite fever era, how was it going back to revisit Stock Aiken and Waterman Carly? And tell me your <coughs> thoughts about what your viewpoints were on those albums. I mean, I'd heard all of those songs before, but I think I hadn't, obviously, I, you know, the big ones, local measure, I obviously knew that was Kylie, but some of the ones I remember realising that Hand on Your Heart was a Kylie song and Better the Devil You Know it was a Kylie song and I think I was, like I said, it was going back, but, oh, that's that, That's the same person. That's the yeah. same. Um, I'll be honest, my my sweet spot is probably early, ni- late 90s, naughties pop. So Ooh. they're the ones that speak to me more, but you can't help but not love those songs. And they're kind of how she got to where she is today, right? Mm-hmm. It's totally. Of, it's part of her history. Um, you know, if I hear them come on at the club, I'll be dancing away with the best of them and, you know, love them. But yeah, I I must confess, I probably struggled to place which of the songs came off the first four albums. And I'm afraid to confess. It's okay. (laughs) But do you know which version of the locomotion is better, Australian or the UK? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I have to say the UK by default. Oh, damn. It was going so well there, Tom. Damn. (laughs) No, has to be done. Just out of just out of interest, you, you said that you, you kind of, you know, your period of music was the late 90s. So Steps had Better the Devil You Know. Did you think that was their song? And if that was the first time you heard that song, when you did find Kylie's, what did you make of it? I think, I don't think I remembered noticing Steps' song. So maybe oh. I had been exposed to the Kylie one before that. Mm. Um, 
and it's been a lot later on that I've re- I'm not the, I don't dislike steps I, I just don't really follow their career as closely so I didn't realize they had a version of that song um, it's terrible I haven't listened to it it's terrible oh it is it is I love shocking but a lot of people have a lot of people heard that song first and thought it was a step song so I think a lot of younger people when I say younger people I mean probably your age they kind of look they're probably surprised to know that it was actually a, a cover of a, another song so um yeah. I'm just curious. I got that the right way around, don't worry. Oh, marvellous. <laughs> what, what was your very first Carly show you've seen in person? Uh, I was I was desperate to see Aphrodite, of course. I, mm. uh, but having moved to London a year before, I just couldn't afford the ticket. I was mm. a student living off 60 quid a week. It just wasn't going to happen. So um, I think that was the same thing as me, because I, I, I remember... I, I was working at that point and I was, I really wanted to go, but the tickets were really expensive, weren't they? I, don't I couldn't afford price. it. Like even I couldn't afford it. Yeah. I remember looking up at the time out of interest and my eyes watering and being like, Oh, but then I <laughs> yeah. saw the show and it made perfect sense because it, you mm. could tell there was a lot of money put into. So um, to make up for your loss, did you listen to the album and have a shower? Just so you felt like you were in the <laughs> splash room in my uni halls of residence. Yeah. For khaki party. Same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a place in London, but which is like a, uh, I think it's called uh, Streams of Pleasure. That's probably a bit like a Kylie. Um, Maybe that's where the inspiration came from. We'll never know. Well, if William Baker was sniffing around that place, yes, I would be surprised. Yes. Stop it. <laughs> um, so I, I missed Aphrodite and forever wish I went and found mm. them out somehow. Um, and uh, Kiss Me Once tour, I think I was away at the dates in mm. London. So I finally got to, and, and also the Christmas shows, I killed myself not being able to see those. I think it was a similar boat of I was away or yeah. it didn't work. But I've, hearing both of your stories of how amazing those shows were. Ooh. They're incredible from what we can remember. <laughs> as, yeah. yeah, I think they did. We did, well, not us, but that, yeah, didn't the gays drink Prosecco dry at Royal Albert Hall? It's quite a raucous <laughs> kind of evening. Actually, yeah. I saw, I can't remember what the name of the page is on Instagram. I think it's Kylie Historian. They shared a video of her performing Night Fever, which I've been Googling the last few days. And she did that on one of the Christmas shows. I think it was the second one. I love when I just discover a new performance or a song she's performed in years gone. Yeah, I she, didn't she release that song in France or something? Did she yes. do it in France for some reason? And then, I, I, you know what, I can't remember if she did it at Christmas. But I do remember her performing a couple of times and maybe she did, I can't remember. But that's the joy of the internet. Like even like for me, I was watching, I was on Facebook the other day and a song called Drip Drop that she recorded popped up and I never heard it. And I listened to it. It's Drip Drop. It's a terrible song, by the way, but <laughs> like it's quite good. As you're still, we're still discovering these new things about Kylie that, you know, yeah. that everyone has got their own kind of story and vaults and their own personal. And they put it online. You're like, oh my God, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's what social media, for all of its faults, that's, all the good stuff isn't it you can mm. you see these things you didn't even mm. know before and before you know it 40 minutes later you've been googling Have you, are you a, a member of any of the kylie fan clubs or say hey or anything like that no i'm not i mean i guess following all of these pages would be my equivalent of um but i've met, met a good few friends through the love of kylie on nights out or um through instagram spotting people also liking all the photos that i do um <laughs> But yeah, no, none of the forums, unfortunately, but maybe I should. And do you get excited when you go to bars or clubs and you hear a song that is a little bit obscure? I mean, I still, if I hear the opening strings of your disco needs you in like Two Brewers, for example, I'm gleeful and my, my heart starts <laughs> pounding and I just get very excited because for me, it's still one of those songs that you don't really hear very often. But then you, when you hear it out loud somewhere and you suddenly see the audience reaction where people just kind of, they love it. And it's and then you get you see people doing wild dances. It's just so exciting. Is there a song that you listen to or that you hear when you're out that makes you feel the same way? I mean, my I perhaps a slightly basic choice, but get out of my way has to be that song for me. Dude. That was my I remember hearing on my first gay night out ever, age of 18, just moved to London, went to heaven. And it was probably around the time she'd maybe performed in a couple of weeks before at Heaven, and it was on the um on the playlist every time I went and um so yes I'm not ashamed to go up and request that from the DJ did that on my birthday <laughs> night out a few weeks ago and it was it was good so that's that's mine just about- um, we, we've spoken to lots of people over, over the episodes and a lot of people of a certain age your age in particular 28 29 
um, they see Aphrodite as their coming out album and they kind of identify with the album immensely. So did this album kind of give you the, uh, the impetus to kind of open yourself up to the rest of the world or does, it, that, does that album have a particularly strong feeling for you? I was, I had come out probably a few months before because it was a summer release, wasn't it? July, August, 2010. And I had come out maybe four months before that, but I think it coincided with, I'm moving to a big city, I'm discovering myself. And uh, I just think that album's really special. It, it, my sweet spot, I think is euphoric dance pop, which I think mm. the album is to a T. Um, it's also one of her most consistent albums, I yes, think, right? Yep. And I, that one, I know, um, Christian, you're not the biggest fan of Golden, but I put it also in the box of, <laughs> it, it, whether you love it or not, your feelings on country, it's a piece of work that you can tell was put together, together. It's not, they've not thrown a load of songs and yeah. hope they stick. It's, it was wrote with a theme. The look of it has a, it's just consistent through the visuals the tour, which I finally got able to see. That was my first tour I saw of Golden. Ah, what did you make of that tour? Does that have interest? I assume you'd watched the DVD versions of, of the previous ones. Yes. So when you saw Golden, because if you have listened to previous uh, episodes, you'll know that I found it quite, it felt too big for what was going on because she seemed very small with the big back screens. And, and for me, it was my kind of one of, one of my least favourite tours because it didn't feel intimate enough. It felt like we were looking at something from miles away. So did you, I mean, this, is, this was your first time, so were you thrilled by it? Uh, well, I, it was my my first tour, but I, I actually saw her at um, Summertime Hyde Park a couple of months before, mm. um, which I guess was a teaser of what, oh, did that come before? Yes, it must have done, that was in September. <laughs> um, so I was warmed up to some of the songs and the order of the songs that were coming. Mm. Um, I actually went to Dublin to see it because I was away for the, this is a recurring theme. I'm never here when she's- I was <laughs> you on the run? I work for an airline. It has, I'm always- oh, cool. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I uh, dragged a friend to Dublin with me and we, I got, it made him get there super early. We got front row seats. No, we were standing we were right at the front. So I, I remember listening to your thoughts on it, it being a, a small show, but with big screens and the, the comparison not working, but I was this close. So it, uh, yeah, I didn't get that, but I watched the DVD back since and I can kind of see what you mean. But I, I, again, I love the show because it, it, it was a real theme and there was like a mm -hmm. story of her traveling across the US and ending up in New York. And so I loved that because it had really been thought through and, yeah. um, but it wasn't as big and grand as some of the previous tours, for sure. But I, I loved it in its in its own way. See, I think the the whole the story of the tour was fantastic. But I think I think some I think she might have, I don't know, it might have been a little bit too abstract for people to understand. If she would have just made a little bit more kind of, I don't know, easy easy like an, an easy narrative. I think a lot of people would get it because it took me a while. I think I watched it twice. And I was like, oh, that's it. She's traveling. She's going across. I had no idea the first time I watched it. I was just too like, wow, what's going on? She's in the desert. And then she's all, she's in New York. But yeah, yeah that whole kind of took that whole, yeah, road trip-esque. As soon as it clicked, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it now. I was going to say, I think I said in the previous episode, I kind of wish she'd turned that tour into kind of like a modern day version of The Wizard of Oz, where she was picking up someone from the country, like a scarecrow with a straw in their teeth, and then <laughs> pick up a policeman like, I'm thinking I'm confusing the Wizard of Oz with the village people. I'm so sorry. I always do that. It's so simple. Yeah. <laughs> Both gay icons, Christian, so it's fine. Because there was like an homage to Andy Warhol and all of those people that ended up on the dance floor with it. They could have mm. been credited a bit more through the show, possibly. On mm. Yeah. Talk about, let's talk about disco. On a scale of one to ten, how excited were you about this whole Kylie era? I mean, I say uh, late 90s, noughties pop is my sweet spot. Disco is too. Sorry, I'm, I'm adding on bits. Kylie <laughs> <laughs> oh. spoils us. She gives us too much. We can't help but have these other speeches. Yeah, I, I was nervous because I thought Golden was the real return to form that she needed. And it was the first time in a couple of albums that you could tell there had been thought put into, right, the theme and right, let's make sure the song is consistent. And what is it going to look like? And... So I felt like there was a lot of pressure to top that. And I could almost feel like a, 
I think she said a few times it was a bit of a make or break, you know, let's see how things go after then. So I was like, oh gosh, there's another one quite soon after. This better not be rushed or... And then when I heard it was disco, I thought, okay, well, we've touched on disco before. It, let's hope it's not just a quick rehash of that. So I was nervous to hear it. And I, and I remember listening to your episode of the podcast just after it came out and agreeing with you on the, oh, I just don't know, I don't know. Is this a bit too obvious? Is it? Oh, but I've grown to love it. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think we've learned, a le- we've learned a lesson from actually. If you listen to the a little first series of our podcast, we kind of learned a lot of lessons that when you hear things for the first time, you don't necessarily take them all in and appreciate them until maybe sometime, sometimes years later you appreciate them, like we did with uh, Kylie '94. And I, I'm the shock, Kieran. Now I've just been listening to um, Impossible Princess this week just in the background and aside from through the years and jump maybe i actually quite like the album as a whole oh my god but say that again i used to i kind of like it but it's that thing where you i had it playing loudly in the background because i thought you know what i need to just give it it's give it its space again and i played it and I, there were some really good songs i think through the years is the one that is the dirgiest one in it but the rest of it's actually quite it, even the nonsense ones i didn't like beforehand i can actually maybe understand why there's an appreciation for them so i i'm a convert i'm a born again i'm a, literally a born again christian wow. oh my god <laughs> literally never thought i'd live to see the day i would well, literally maybe, never thought i'd live to see the day this is this is amazing news. on life <laughs> who knows well We'll see. I might change my mind by next week. But um, just just going back to the disco thing, as you said, you were very nervous about it. Um, when you had Say Something, did that fulfil your dreams? And also the artwork for the songs, because the artwork for me always looked a little bit on the, it looked a little bit GCSE compared to the stunning images that were used for, for Golden, because it was beautifully shot, all the stuff for that. So when you when you heard the song say something and then you saw the artwork, did that make you think, oh my God, this is done on the cheap? She really has been doing it in the kitchen. Um, just a side note, when you said about the Golden artwork, it was shot in Bethany Green Working Men's Club. I dragged my friends on a night out there a couple of weeks back. <laughs> I spent the whole night, that's the stage where she's that the stage. And it looks it's the same there. with the panelling? Yeah, and it's got the big heart at the back. If you've not been before, it's incredible. Well, it's the, like, the Myland, what's it called? The Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. I think I've been there for a horror gay night. Yeah. And yeah, it's lovely. It is, it is like you step back into the 70s, even like the light fittings, and it's incredible. Um, so yes, I definitely got the pose shot on the <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> we so we can put it on our little Instagram and we- Oh, I'll, I'll have to get it off my friend. Yeah, yeah, send it over to us. Disco, I think the the cover shot, I remember there was another similar version of her kind of smiling and laughing, which was basically, and I think that would have worked a bit better mm. because she looked a little bit serious on the, the, the shot that they did use. I think, I, I can't explain it, but there was one of her kind of laughing to the side. I'm sure it was used as her kind of social icons for a while. Mm. That one was better. I think they could have, they should have used the dancing single cover the album cover um because she looked it's a profile shot of her with her leg up um, um golden was it golden or is it dancing the single cover i don't know there was the, the dancing single cover i remember looking at it going that should have been the front cover of golden uh, uh, oh I see. yes um i quite liked the one of her sat on the sofa for golden she was <laughs> a bit bored <laughs> we were talking about golden or were we talking about, oh my god Again, I jumped, sorry. I jumped to disco, sorry. Oh, it's fine. It's me. I've not had my morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I came prepared. Oh, you're amazing. Um, I think the artwork for disco got better. I liked the real groove with her in the green. I think that worked really well. What was saying? Yeah, it did get better. Wasn't it? It was lips with the words. Yes, with the, with a hyphen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. See, Say got, some hyphen thing. Went on. It needed to be a picture of a picture of her face, I think, is the first one. But um, yeah, what was the hyphen thing about? Why did you, they split the word over two? Like this, weirdly, it's the cheapest looking artwork she's ever released. No, and yet uh, it was talked about because it's so awful. Wouldn't oh, change yeah, a thing, UK. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't change a thing. It's the cheapest. <laughs> it actually even tears on my pillow because the letters are like that, that kind of wavy. Oh, and, and it was blurry. The picture was a low res and it's all blurry. It's terrible. 
Oh God, honestly, it's so funny that people actually sign this stuff off saying, oh yeah, that looks good enough to send out. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Life, I'd love to have worked in the team that make these decisions of, you know, how, what's the artwork going to look like? What song are we going to do first? Music management. I mean, look, I've no experience in that, but I, I look back and think, oh, that's clearly the wrong decision. Why on earth did they release that as the third single? For goodness sake. I know. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit the magic one, the magic one in particular really upset me because it's got a horrible thing where it does that. I don't know. It just looks like it's been done by someone who's still at school I do. unless it was done by one of her maybe one of Danny's children did it yeah maybe. <laughs> I do get the nod to on a dance floor studio 54 color palettes I could see what they were doing with that but mm. maybe a bit too oversaturated yeah I'm hoping that with the revamp issue or not revamp issue the um what's called these things again the deluxe album with the I'm hoping with the deluxe album, now she's back in the UK, she's shooting some really beautiful imagery for the for the album. And I hope it's kind of more Studio 54-esque. And I hope it's got that kind of nice 70s glamour. Because I think the, the um, oh my God, what's it called? <laughs> what's that thing called, the show she did? Infinite Disco. Thank you. Uh, I think oh, with Infinite Disco, yeah. she kind of had really good imagery in that in terms of the, the outfits and just the styling of it. So yeah. I'd love something like that to be kind of used for the artwork for the deluxe album. If do, you, do you think it's going to be a deluxe album though? If she's already done the deluxe album because there's the four extra tracks on it, that of this oh, one. Right. So, but like, I, I th- hopefully, like I think you mentioned Christian in previous chat that you th- hopefully it's going to be like a disco part two, like Steps Have Done. <laughs> with like different songs. Yeah, isn't there? I, I I hope it's not. I remember you were saying on last week's episode about remixes. I hope it isn't because Gaga, have done, she did that a couple of weeks ago with Chromatica and it was great. But I don't know. It just feels like trying to milk something a year later that we've already heard. A I think it needs something new. I think it needs a whole new set of new songs. Yeah. Well, if she's done all these duets with Gloria Gaynor, if, that's, if that is true, then that has to be on a disco album. And I, I do have a feeling that there will be new songs because I think this album will come out and I think it will coincide with her announcing tour dates because mm-hmm. I think she really needs to I think maybe it is a little bit too old to launch a tour on but if you bring something out with extra songs I think that's a perfect time to say come and hear all the new songs Great. on the tour so hopefully now that she's back in the UK um shooting those nice new pictures for her album she'll do a, she'll do a tour I wonder um I was thinking about this because um, I think when you spoke to Sam last week and you were talking about the tour I wonder how that's going to work though, because of travel restrictions and how many people you can have in a room in this, because it's all very well saying you can do that here and you can fill the O2, but what if that's the case across the world? And I don't know how, I mean, that will surely complicate things and a hell of a lot of COVID tests between you. But, you know, they, they create something as grand as a tour to take it on tour and to take it from country to country. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like I live and breathe travel restrictions in my job. Of course, you should have got all this travel stuff. But uh, let's be selfish and just let's just hope we get it for the UK only to start with, and then she can worry about the rest of the world. Yeah, <laughs> let's be selfish. See, as an Australian, I really feel for my my home folk because they miss out on all the exclusives online that they like get sold out before they even get it. They well, they're on... checking their borders, then, don't they? We've been asking <laughs> for a while in the airlines. <laughs> like... Well, she was in Australia for a long time, and she didn't do them any. She didn't do anything for them, so you know she could have done a one-off show outside with fresh air. No one, no one would um, have been allowed. They're they're very strict in Australia. They really wouldn't, well, wouldn't have been allowed. Steve, they're all. I mean, look, we've got steps doing their tour soon to go back to steps again. My God, many <coughs> times. Um, and so they, their tour is still intact at the moment. So I mean, that bodes well to having, you know, big events and theatres are back in uh, back up and working again. So. You know, Carly should be kind of swift and maybe jump on it while they're still allowed to do things. Yeah, because no one has, I, I mean, I probably missed the boat on someone, but no one ha- that has had to reschedule, you know, arena-sized tours, I don't think they've got underway yet. I'm not sure if they have, but it would be, mm. it'd be, it'd be great for her to kind of jump out in front of the pack and say, right, okay. Mm. Do you know what she should do? She should do what Madonna did for the Madame X and just have a residency somewhere, like at the Palladium or something. So, again, it's still intimate. You can yeah. redress the Palladium at Studio 54 if she gets the licensing Ooh. for that. And it can just be like an, a, an event that people just go to and it's like a location. 
similar to what ABBA are doing with although they're not on stage but like a yeah that's a good idea let people come to you instead. because anyone could like as you know the borders are open for any Tom Dick and Harry to come into now so just bring everyone over to the UK to see the show Kieran you give me shivers of that idea because I love the, the idea of taking over a theatre and actually recreating that Studio 54 thing where, where the, the fans walk into that you know in the film 54 where they walk through the doors and totally and you absolutely. get Kylie coming in on a white horse like Bianca Jagger. Like, it'll be one of the most right. incredible experiences. I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, Kylie, if you're listening to this, please do this, bitch. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about what to say, because I know you ask about what should Kylie do next. Yes, I, which would be my next question. Well, I'm, well, uh, I, I'm going to be, there's life in disco yet, and there needs to be new stuff from that. But a residency a UK version of a residency and maybe that is strapped on to disco and it's done like you said in a theatre where it's like an immersive experience didn't she say in an interview with Zane Lowe in the Apple podcast she did I can't remember she definitely said somewhere she wanted like an immersive experience with her people sat all around her with a disco ball have I imagined that I'm sure she said that somewhere maybe I think she might have <laughs> Um, but it's also a chance for like to you know to create that kind of immersiveness. You have just different zones where you've got her iconic outfits in one area that you can go look at, like museum, shop, stage show. It can be a whole Kylie kind of ex like experience. You can spend all day there. I mean, the thing is, she's kind of, she is um, iconic enough now to have yes. something like that, and she's got such a big, uh, such a long-lasting career. Different sounds, different films, and music, and as you say, fashion. You could literally have something like that, like a Dolly World kind of thing. Yeah. It feels like, like I said back in 2010, when I went back and suddenly realised that all these songs, are, I appreciated these all by the same person. I feel like that happened in 2019 around the Glastonbury mm. time and the Greatest Hits um, album that came out around that time. Loads of my other friends who know I love her, Quite a few of them were at Glastonbury and they would text, she's amazing. I'm like, oh, obviously she's amazing. <laughs> Duh. That's why I made you go and see her. But I could feel people, I don't know, like, like but, oh yeah, she is a legend. She is. Like, so it feels like off that off the back of disco doing so well, it's the right time to do something like that. So yeah. there's my answer, a residency. The next anniversary is 35 years, isn't it? In a couple of years time. So maybe, I mean, it would take probably two, three years to kind of plan anyway, but maybe they should do that for the 35th anniversary and kind of open up this kind of huge, big, even if it's in an art gallery for six months or something, I would love to, but then I, I want to see her perform as well. So I guess it would have to be a, she takes over a theatre and you know what, she could sell the West, she could be a West End smash. Yeah, and yeah. She, could get, she could get kind of some of the disco icons to keep the thing going for a while to do a cup like, a couple of shows every few months. I don't know. Someone drops in and does a show with her. To... That'd be amazing. We need to manifest this, literally. Well, hopefully she's listening. I'm sure she does. Yes. Um, if she if she joined the podcast now and chatted to us, what would be what would you say to her? Well, probably more than I did when I met her at work. <gasps> Talk us through that. You need to tell us that story. Oh. Um, um, so, so I worked, when I was at uh, university, I worked in uh, one of the airport lounges at Heathrow and um, uh, lots of, you know, a fair few celebrities would come through and obviously, you know, we um, can't get too excited, but we used to get a list of names of people that were coming today just so we knew who to expect and um, she was on the list and this, it would have been 2012, so it was probably... Um, Kiss me once already. Yeah, maybe just before Kiss Me Once, Time Bomb. I remember I was listening to that at the time. Oh. And I think she was flying to Australia. And it was super early. She was on the first flight of the day. I was half asleep. I'd had one cup of coffee, but um, she was lovely. Real hat on, no makeup, didn't need much. I think I just, I think I got her a cup of coffee and I don't Vodka. know. Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> me after. So he. Um, but I didn't, I just said, oh, it was an absolute, I, I, I work hat on. I just said, oh, it was an absolute honor to meet you. And um, I could say, I, I can't remember what I said. I think I just blurted out a load of, but I had to keep quite composed because I was at work and legs were shaking. Um, but she was really sweet and just, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so I think I, if I met her again, I would apologize for being such a mess. I'd probably just do the same thing again. <laughs> You have a very calm nature. I'm assuming when you were gushing, 
you came across, you came across quite calmly. So I think you weren't like I think <laughs> there's probably some fans who will probably break into a dance routine and just kind of show them <laughs> what, what she what they can remember. So I think you in an airport lounge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I, well, I just had to say thank you, wouldn't I? And um, especially the last year and a half, we've been through. I don't feel like we can look back on it yet and go, that was a mess because we're still mm. in it. But her music during that time and especially the Infinite Disco was, it just, I think it reminded us all of the importance of being together, going yeah. out, enjoying each other's company, stuff that we all took for granted. And I, did, I remember watching Infinite Discos and Friends after too many gin and tonics and oh. get really emotional and think, God, this is like, this is what we're missing. We should never take this for granted. Yeah. I, would I guess you, your interview was really hit by it. I, I, so you and your friends must have been really affected by what happened last year because no one could do anything. So yeah, it really hit hard. Many months of furlough and job restructures. And hmm. yeah, it was it was a tough... I mean, listen, people had it far worse. I'm not... Hmm. But um, yeah, as always, she's, she's, she's just an absolute light in people's life, isn't she? Yeah. She's... Um, I think I would thank her for championing kindness as well. Yeah. It's true. Like there's so many, I know what you said about Madonna, there's always this kind of guise and poison. She's just nice. And wh wherever you see her, I was watching old episodes of Airport Back, I'm a plane travel geek as well. <laughs> and this must've been like early 2000s. She was going back to Australia. Clearly she'd got off like a 16 hour flight. She would not have been in the best mood. Nobody is. And she was just lovely and smiled and waved. And you never hear or see anything, even when she has every right to be, if you got off a 16 hour flight, I don't want to speak to anybody, I'm horrific. Um, <laughs> she's just a lovely person. Yeah. yeah. And you did meet her actually in the, in, at the airport. Did you, did you ever feel like falling into um, the words from light years where, welcoming her to KMR. <laughs> it's Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yes. I mean, imagine being cabin crew on board those flights and seeing her. You would desperately try and like tap your lapel. <laughs> KMR. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love Kylie to do something air airline themed. I'd love to see her do it a bit like, a, not like the Britney video, but I, I would love her just to have like some kind of one-off, like a promotional thing, like a Kylie Minogue airline. And then she... All but you know she's gonna happen. I, I, I love airlines. She's got the wine. She's got. She had the bed home. She's gonna do an airline next, right? <laughs> maybe Is it could be. Maybe that could be the theme of some of the new disco stuff to come, like a seventies Pan Am Concord. Concord. Pan Am. No, well, I don't know. I'd love to see that kind of 60s, 70s kind of. Maybe she could do. A, maybe her tour theme could be something along the lines of. Um, Disaster film because I love disaster <laughs> films. All the air, air, airplane or airline airport films. Then you've got the uh, Tarry Inferno. We're going right on track. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Tom. We're not going to tangent this. Yeah, train. just on that note. <laughs> Tom, we really appreciate you joining us this week. It was so great to chat and to meet you and to hear your stories about Kylie. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, honestly. And to both of you, you're. Uh, I remember sat on many months of furlough and thinking, God, I, I fell head over heels into podcasts and thought, Man, there must be a Kylie one out there somewhere. Google discovered you both. So thank you yeah. so much. You're, yeah. <laughs> Make us cry. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, I'm very emotional. <laughs> oh. All right, we'll chat soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Bye bye. Wasn't he amazing? I think I'm oh, a little bit obsessed with Tom. Oh, I'm sure. Know, <laughs> absolutely lovely, absolutely lovely. And what great stories. I love all that the stuff at the the airport. I'm glad that he didn't fangirl over her because uh, I'm glad he's professional. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Yeah, if that was me and it was just her and I in a small little, I would have just been all over the place. He yeah, held it together quite well. But also we were chatting and I think this needs to happen. How do we, we need to manifest this, that Kylie for Disco needs to have a residency. A Studio oh. 54 residency where everyone just turns up and it's a whole immersive experience. We need to make this happen. Come on, Fanogs, let's all manifest this together because it has to happen. Oh, I'd love that to happen. It'd be really good. Maybe she will do this because I have a feeling in my water she's going to announce a tour soon. Mm. And I hope it isn't a boring arena tour because arena tours for me just seem so boring because there's specks of dust on a stage and she's tiny, so she's even smaller than the usual pop star. So it's going to be... I just want to see her in a theatre. 
And it'd be like, it'll be cheaper for her to do a residency, right? Because you, you'll just, there's no movement costs. There's no transportation. There's no like, like you don't have That's to have true. staff to rig things, everything. It's just, it's, you hire a venue, you set things up and then like, it's the field of dreams. If you build it, we will come. So like, oh, it's that, literally. Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, Christian, we've had, this has been a quite feisty episode. I love it. <laughs> We're still yeah, friends. Yeah. Well, well, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you next week if you guys want to get in touch please do at the kylie smiley podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on facebook no we don't have facebook anymore hit us up or hit us up on instagram face. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get in touch please do at the kylie smiley podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram at the diminutive collection um so yeah please if you want to be a finog drop us a line if you want to say hi drop us a line if you want to tell Christian off, drop us a line. <laughs> or if you want to agree with me, I'm sure there's many, many people out there who do. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week for some more Kylie Action. Bye. See ya. <laughs>